Hi, beautiful friends. Welcome back to the show, Faith-Fueled Woman. This is your host, Kristen, and I am so happy you are here with me today. I am so excited that I am going to be having a conversation with a new friend of mine who is going to talk with me about how do we walk through hard seasons and still find God in the midst of it? How do we step up to the adventure, to the things, the plan God has for us in our life? And then how do we see God in our everyday lives? It is so chocked full of goodness. I know you're going to love it. You're going to be lifted up and encouraged by the end of this episode. So get settled in and get your favorite beverage and let's get going. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith-Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what he has for us? Hi, I'm Kristen. I am an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God to design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited, and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen, and let's be encouraged. Hi, and welcome back to Faith Field Woman. I am so excited today. I am joined by Gay Lindforce. She is a wonderful, beautiful woman that I have just recently connected with. We are both in a group called Called Creatives that is filled with amazing women that are writing and speaking and podcasting that have a faith-based connection. And so I am so excited to join her here today. And let me just tell you a couple things about her real quick. She is an author of four amazing books. She's a speaker. And she has held so many leadership positions in both the corporate business world and in the nonprofit world. And she's also been a caregiver. or She was a caregiver for her mother for seven years who had Alzheimer's. And I'm so excited to talk to her today. She's coming to us from St. Paul, Minnesota, where she lives with her husband. Welcome, Gay. Thank you, Kristen. I'm just delighted to be with you today. Thank you. Absolutely. Before we jump into our conversation that I hope will encourage and just lift people up, Can you tell us just a little bit about your journey and your story and sort of what you're up to now? I consider myself a city girl with a small town heart. I grew up in a small town in northwestern Minnesota. It was a farming community. And for those of you listeners who grew up in a farming community, you know you know how to work hard because you start at a young age. Everyone has to step in and do their job. So I learned how to work hard. And I also learned early on that God is faithful. Um, I grew up with two sisters, but my parents had seven children, and I had um, three brothers and a sister who died when they were very, very young at different times. And watching my parents go through part of that taught me so early, God is faithful, and he always shows up. So those lessons have continued with me in my work in corporate America, in human resources, leadership positions, in nonprofits, in my volunteer work, and as you mentioned, um, caregiving um, for my mom. So if I had to, if there was one thing that I could only say about God, it would be that he shows up and he's faithful. So, um, and now today I'm speaking and writing and Figuring out what's next. What does God have for me in this new season of my life? Mm, It's so good. God is faithful. So yeah, just before we jump into some encouragement, tell us real quick. So I know that you have transitioned from corporate America to 
doing your own thing. When did that transition happen? And what does that look like? You know, in other words, I don't know what's the duration of the books you've written. You know, what's the time frame from first book till now? Yeah, I was in corporate America until 2002. And at that time, I was working with, with um, what was then Northwest Airlines. Now it's Delta as Director of Human Resources. And I realized that I was, I was needing to do something different. I loved my time there, loved the people I worked with. But I knew that God was pushing me to something else. So my husband and I decided when I would resign. And I resigned from there. And then it was only um, not even a year later that my dad had a, a massive brain hemorrhage. And um, that, of course, rocked our family. And we were in the hospital for about a, a month with him. But I just think back then of God's timing. Had I been working at the airlines, which was really a 24-7 job, mm-hmm. there was no way I could have been with my mom and dad. So God's timing is just, again, for your listeners, God God knows what, what we need when we need it and how it needs to show up. So that timing was so important. But it was um, shortly after that, that I wrote my first book, which was a book on how to find a job, because most of my work had been in, in recruiting and hiring people. And then I start, I didn't know what I would do when I resigned, but I started my own consulting business, human resources. And I did a lot of recruiting, HR consulting with small businesses. And I started writing, I was doing more speaking and writing. And I wrote my first book, God, Girlfriends and Chocolate. I think of them as the big trifecta to get yeah. to like God, girlfriends and chocolate. And then every couple of years, um, I wrote another one. And my last book that I wrote was getting my ducks in a row and other stories of faith, which by the way, we just can't get our ducks in a row. That just, we just can't, they move, they, they <laughs> waddle off to something else. So, um, so I've been having, I had my own business. And then um, two years ago, when my mom went into hospice, I had to quickly shut down my consulting business. And then we all were impacted by the COVID pandemic. So the consulting stopped. And um, and then I just started speaking and writing full time. And now that's that's my joy. That's what I do. I love it. So how there's so many good uh, things in there that you, that you brought up that I would love to dig into. So I think the first thing is, is, you are so right. We want to keep making plans in this life, but we continue to see that the plans will change, right? As, as much yes. as we can plan for something, life just doesn't work that way. You know, whether it's a hardship or a loss, whether it's a job change or God calling us into different work, you know, there's going to be seasons where it's not what we planned. So what first would you maybe share, you know, with the audience about that? How do we you know, faithfully look to God and, you know, still have hope and trust in him when things don't go the way we thought they'd go, because really it's God's plan. And maybe we don't see that yet. Yes, that is such a, such a, a, a question that I'm also considering these days, Kristen. I think back to the verse that many of us who grew up in church or grew up in Sunday school have probably heard at one time, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you hope in a future. And um, I think I think we have to remember that when Jeremiah said that, the Israelites were living in exile. They weren't living in a place where they wanted to be. They didn't want to be there. And yet, what did God tell them? We read in the Bible, he said, plant gardens, build houses, pray, make the best life that you can. So 
what I'm learning and what I learned through both the good times and the bad times is that God has put us in this place, in this moment, because it's part of his plan. And boy, no one wants to be in the place where they're watching their parents die or their kids go off in directions that we wish they wouldn't go off into or when health issues come up or when people lose jobs, nobody wants to be in those places. Yeah. What we can rely on is God is faithful. He will always show up. I think Babby Mason sings the song, if you can't see his hands, look for his heart, something like that. Yeah. He is always going to show up. And that's where we need to find then the peace that comes in times that are hard and yeah. tough and un unimaginable. Oh, so good. Uh, I'll mention two things there. The first is this is not something, this is not a big hard thing, but just this morning I have, I have three sons and two are in college and two, two, they're both living at home, going to college. The one was away at school and we may get into this later, but he was struggling in February. He was in his second year with, um, he ended up having severe depression and, you know, everything that comes with that, you know, not in a really good place. And, you know, same thing though, you know, the prayers answered, you know, he called us and he came home when he was having some really dark, not great thoughts. Right. And, but the point is, is that's not true for a lot of people's kids. Right. So I think a lot of prayers were answered because, you know, I knew before that I had that sense that something was wrong. And so I guess my point is, is we're still working through that, but we've, it's gotten a lot better. And just the smart, but there's always so many God things in this, right. Even in these difficult things that make us so sad and break our heart, you know, with our family members and our friends and our loved ones. But my other son was on his way to school this morning. It's about 25, 30 minute drive. And he got in a car accident there. Everybody's fine, oh. but he did crash his car. So, I mean, they'll probably say they'll just give us money and they won't fix it, but he, everybody was okay. But, um, so my husband came and it took him a couple hours to get the tow truck, but the God part was the, um, he just basically didn't see a stop sign. It's not somewhere he's usually at and he just, just missed it. So he hit the side of another lady's car and she's okay too, thank goodness. But the husband of that woman came and then my, you know, my husband was talking to them and the husband gave my son a ride to college. It's only about five, six, seven blocks away because my husband and the woman were waiting for the police officer to show up. But even in that, and then they talked to my husband and said, Oh, your, your son was so kind and nice mannered and but right, just that, that small little kindness, right. In something where my son is still shaken up, he's still at college and you know, his classes to like three 30. But even in that moment where, you know, he was the one that was in the wrong, even in that moment, right. Those other people were showing him grace. Right. And so to me, it's, it's all the things it's nobody wanted the accident to happen or for my other son to walk through what he's been walking through, but he was surrounded, right. He was being yeah lifted up and protected and slowly getting healed, you know, and in the other case, now we've met these people. And once again, it's another example, right. Of God does come through. He is faithful, you know, and we don't know how things always turn out, but we do know that he's there in the trenches with us. Yes. Oh, for sure. And, you know, sometimes I think we all, um, we all have experienced those times where we're just out of sync. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the days are, just being out of sync and other times we're in that crisis. And I think it's those times when we are in that out of sync where we're maybe we're still able to get out of bed and we can still take the next breath, but we're out of sync. That's when we can kind of learn how to use those muscles of keeping going. 
if I can just throw in a, a quick story here. A few years ago, I decided that I was going to take tap dance lessons. I've never been a, a dancer. I'm not, I don't have the body of a dancer, but I, I joined, I think there were eight other women and we decided to take tap dancing lessons. And we practiced, of course, for all these months. And then we had the big recital. And we practiced on stage in a gymnasium. We were the only adult group. The others were these cute little kids in their pink tutus, you know, and just everyone was laughing and taking movies. We showed up. We had the, we had the, um, the purple tails. We had the purple cummerbunds, the leotards, the top hat, the cane. The t- I mean, we had practiced to um, Casey and the Sunshine Boys, Keep It Come in Love. We had done that for months. Well, we got on stage and the music was faster than we had practiced. And wow. it completely threw us off. And they started it again, and we could only go through it twice. They started it again, and we were still off sync with the music. It was too fast. So when it came time to perform, they started up the music, Casey and the Sunshine Boys. We started with our little top hats and canes, and we actually danced like two measures behind the music. It was so out of sync, but we just strutted our stuff and we kept going. And when we were done, we were high-fiving each other. And and I think the crowd was mortified, you know, but but we still did it. But I think we learn in those moments when we are out of sync, mm-hmm. we just keep going and we figure out what to do next. And then when the really tough times come, like the car accident mm-hmm. or the depression of a child, mm-hmm. how how hard that is to watch, or the a mother who has Alzheimer's, whatever it is, that's when we have learned what do we need to do? How do we keep going? Or when do we lie down and take a nap? When do we just pause? But we learn as each day. So there's a gift in each day for us. And sometimes it's a lesson that we need to learn. Mm, so good. So yeah, what about that? So what other thing would you just share that when you've walked through hard seasons, what did keep or how are you able to keep your hope? Or at least how are you able to just, like you said, get through the day and then show up into the next day? The hardest season for me was probably um, mom. We, she stayed in her apartment and um, I was the primary caregiver. And then my two sisters, one of them lived in town here. We took turns, but I was there most of the time. So it was 24-7, of course. And that was the hardest time. And I was still conducting my business I had my own consulting business out of her apartment. So I set up a card table and I would do my searches or do my consulting from her living room. And there were times, Kristen, when, you know, she was, she wasn't always thinking straight. So I'd be on the phone interviewing a candidate and mom would be just feet from me, looking at me straight in the face. And she, and she'd yell out, I gotta go potty. I gotta go potty. (laughs) I think, oh my, oh my. And then, you know, and, I could tell her all, you know, many, many times, I'm just going to be on the phone for a half hour. I'll be right with you. But, but, you know, there were those times I found some humor in it after I got off, but just being so embarrassed. I think, hey, why are you embarrassed? This is real life. This is life. So I would, I would learn to try and find the joy and the smiles in those moments. But probably the most important thing too, was I needed to keep my relationship with God first and foremost. I, mm-hmm. I could not do it on my own energy. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are listening, who are caregivers for elderly parents or for, or for children, if you are taking care of someone else who is really, really sick, first of all, God bless you. And may you know his peace and strength more than you could have imagined, but also you don't do it alone. Keep your relationship with God so you're hearing from him, so you're getting your strength from him. 
And then the harder part for me was to invite my friends into it with me. I'm small town Midwest farmer's daughter who we can do hard things. We do it all and we do it on our own. And I had to learn that I can't. And I remember the first time I messaged my girlfriends, four of them, and I emailed and I said, I am having a horrible time. I can't do this one more day. I just, it's, it, I cannot do this. And I'd never been that brave. I'd never been that setting aside my pride like I had, but I needed them. And of course they were gracious and kind and all of that. But we, we've got to learn to keep God first and foremost, and then get your girlfriends involved and look for the blessings, look for those smiles. And um, that's what my first book was about. My first Christian book, God, Girlfriends and Chocolate. God gives us hope. Girlfriends bring the encouragement and the chocolate are the blessings on our path. And we would just open our eyes and watch for them. Mm, so good. Well, yeah. So one thing I would say is, well, not very, a lot of great things came from pandemic. One of the things that came from it, you know, that I really saw was when I had kids and I would work from home early 2000s. Oh, and then I also had a business. It depends what year it was, if I was working for myself or, or for someone else. I was so horrified that my kid, if they happened to be home that day, would come in my office. Like, I mean, oh. literally I'm petrified because, you know, you, were, you weren't taken seriously as a woman at that point, right? Or way back from. And then nowadays, though, it's like I've interviewed people and guests have their little child come in in the background. They take their diaper off. And I mean, it's like the best thing. But my point is, is we actually are living real life in front of each other now. So I think that that's actually a gift because I know how I felt those many, many, many years ago or decades ago. And it, it, as a woman, it just felt like, oh my gosh, like they would never worry about a man because one, the kid wouldn't come in and two, but the way I felt, and I'm like, thank goodness, we can all acknowledge that we're moms and we're run, you know, running businesses or we have a job and it's okay, right? It's all okay together. And like, so we don't have to be embarrassed or worry or all these feelings. So I think the fact that you were able to, you know, see like, I have a job to do. Yes. But I also am a caregiver first and foremost, even, and this is just my life. I can do both, but I have to, to be a little more easier about it all. Right. Like it just take it with a grain of salt. And so I think that's beautiful. And the other thing you said is a hundred percent. Yes. God had made us to live in community, right? He didn't say, Oh, just be a, faithful, you know, servant of mine and don't have community. He expects us to live in fellowship in community with friends. And you have to have that support, some sort of support, because, you know, we just had, I mean, all of us know people that have gone through, you know, loss and diagnosis and, you know, maybe divorce, all these things. If you don't rely on people, you will, even with God right there, he expects us right to come together in those times. That's what it says, right? And so I think it's really important to remind people, yes, we do have to get past the awkwardness, the embarrassment, the ego that tells us like, oh, I don't want to tell them. Or, you know, we have friends that just went, the husband just went through uh, a cancer treatment the last year. Mm. And they got to the point where they got really comfortable with telling us like things that were going on. And like you said, he used humor the entire time, because if not, what do you want to do? Just cry about it. Right. I mean, so he would kind of make light about it you know, but they've gotten through and now into remission. And, but it was, they, their friends continued to be there and lift them up and support them in any way they could. Right. And that's how you get through things is God, but then it's that support, right? He puts people around us that are there and ready to help us. Yes, I agree, Kristen. And what I have learned 
for myself, a lot of the reason why I did not want to ask for help was pride. I would talk about it in terms of, I don't want to bother them, or they all have things going on, or it's not that big a deal, when it probably was really that big a deal. But it was my pride. And boy, God has dealt with me on that. Because I always, um, in my speaking, I always remind women when we are talking about this topic, if a girlfriend comes up to you and says, could you just come over and, and sit with me for a minute? Or would you mind going picking up my groceries? Of course we're going to say yes. Right. So why do we not return that favor to the girls that we know are going to be there for us? If we have to, I had to let go of my pride. Yeah. And boy, I'm was right. it more fun doing it with girlfriends. I'm right there with you because I'm, I grew up, I'm one of five kids. I was the first girl after three boys. And I, you know, I think when I was young, right, I picked up that I can do it myself. Oh, I'll handle it. I'm going to take care of everybody. And so part of that is because it's been ingrained in us for so long, we have to unlearn that pattern, right? You know, it is pride, but it's also a, I, I'm good because when you're, when you've always been the encourager, you've always been kind of the bring people together and the, all these things, it's very easy to not ask for help unless it's really dire. Right. And so I have to check myself on that as well, pretty often, you know, and normally there isn't something huge where I have to ask. And of course I'm, I'm quick to tell girlfriends when something's going on, you know, so it's not because I won't share. I mean, I will tell them like when my son was walking through that, of course I shared, you know, and asked them, you know, think about him, pray for him. So I was asking for help. Right. It's just, there was no tangible way I was asking, you know, like not, not in a uh, physical way. I wasn't saying, you know, like, oh, we need this or that. It was more prayers and in support of talking, right? That emotional support, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, good. so I do want to jump into what, uh, I guess two things. One, you and I both sort of um, really align with this idea that I believe God really has called us into this life and adventure of pursuing him and pursuing what he has for us which then parallels with, I think he really does have a purpose for each of us. You know, he, it, he has put something on our hearts, right? These God-sized dreams, and, you know, whether they're big or small seeming, the point is, is there are these little seeds he's planted. And how would, how might you encourage women? Maybe, you know, they, they feel these little urges or senses or, but, you know, a lot of us, we get stuck in the routine. We get stuck in the day-to-day, the mundane. And so we kind of play it safe. We get too comfortable. And I'm as, I'm right there with you. Sometimes I get into my patterns, right, of what my day looks like and serving my family and, you know, getting with, you know, my local connections. And I don't always step out as far as maybe I know God's asking me to. So how might you encourage us to continue to pursue God in this way that he's really calling us to do something more that's on our heart? Something I learned early on was that if I wanted to know what God wanted me to do, or if I started feeling those little nudges, I needed to be talking to God. What was easier for me to do back in the day was to think about it or read about it or talk to a girlfriend about it. I think this is maybe what I want to do. I'm thinking of leaving corporate America, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I would I would look for those ways rather than taking the time to sit and actually talk to God about it and read his word. It's so much easier for us to look to friends or for me to look for books because I'm an avid reader. So I learned early on, especially from leaving corporate America, 
I needed to bring, I needed God to be in the picture with me. And then it became a matter of choices. So if we are trying to decide, do I want to change jobs? Do I want to go back into the corporate world? Do I want to start working at home? We start asking ourselves, what might that look like? What do I think God has called me to do in this world? And what's, what's best in this season of my life? And we start talking with him about it. Now, I also learned, as maybe you did, Kristen, that then it becomes easy for us just to sit and kind of um, spiral or swirl and sit with all the ideas because we are afraid of making the decision. Okay. My suggestion there is if you feel nudged somewhere and you've been talking with God about it, take the next step. Do it. You aren't committing to a lifetime of doing it. But somehow, you know, we need to we need to pray as if our prayers dependent on it, but we need to act like our actions dependent on it also. So we pray and we do and we take the next step and then ask ourselves, what is it that I'm afraid of? And most of the time, we especially as women are going to find we're afraid of failing. We're afraid of looking stupid. We're afraid of not being good enough or not being the best. Okay, we need to get over ourselves because we aren't going to be the best. And yes, it is scary. And yes, it, we might fail. That's all reality. Well, if I can say, put on your big girl panties and let's go do it. Let's get started and move um, rather than just sitting and thinking and dreaming. We need to do Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that what I would add to that is, you know, sometimes we don't know the how and we're actually, we're normally not going to know the how, right? And God doesn't, you know, we're not supposed to know the whole map, right? We just need to know what's that next stepping stone that we're moving towards, right? How we are going to maybe get to the step, the next stepping stone, not even across the river. But for that, if we have this, you know, so for instance, I was sharing with you before we started recording, I had done a uh, summit for a Christian women's summit. And I had, I had come up with a couple different talks I was going to maybe do. And so I was emailing with the person that was coordinating the summit. You know, I didn't, those weren't even talks I had done before. Right. I mean, I, I was just like, these are ones that I feel sort of moved to talk about. Right. And this is, and so I had an idea of what I would do, but the point is, is I'm only more recently stepping into, um, you know, showing up in a, on a bigger platform with my faith. Right. And kind of in this role. And so of course I could have been like, Oh no, 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 I can't even submit for this particular summit because I haven't done this particular thing before. I mean, I've done talks, I've done, you know, lots of things, but, but I didn't let fear stop me. I said, no, no, no. I think God's really calling me to do this. I didn't know how I was going to do it. And honestly, it was down to the wire before I got the video done, plus all the handouts plus. So it was actually quite a lot of work, but I just knew to keep moving in the direction and I'd figure it out. Right. So all I had to do is be brave enough to say, yes, I signed me up. I would like to be a speaker and see what happened. It wasn't up to me if it worked out or not. Right. It was up to me to take that prompting and say, I can just take action. One action, which was reach out to her, give her my proposed topics and see what happens. Right. And so that's an example of it didn't mean it made I felt comfortable and I didn't even know what I was going to talk about. You know, and of course, I can start having those worries like, oh, what if I said the wrong thing about this part of scripture? What if I, every time I do a podcast episode, you know, I didn't go to seminary, at least at this point. So of course I am just a lay person here, right. To share with people, lift up and encourage you in God's word. So likely I may say something that's not aligned perfectly with what someone else will, will believe or say is what it means. 
But I have to say, I know God's calling me in this direction. So I have to remember that he is qualifying us, right? He's called us, so he will qualify us. It's not the other way around. And so I have to keep reminding myself of this, right? And say, it's not about, not that people have been criticizing me yet, but it's not about that, right? It's about if this is where he's asking me to be, then I show up faithfully. Yes, I appreciate that so much, Kristen, because also what you were stepping out to do there by just turning in the proposal or saying, you know, applying for it, you were leaning though into all the lessons you have learned up until this point. You weren't applying to be a brain surgeon, which you know nothing about. You were applying to something which you have been learning about. And I think for the listeners here, God has been teaching you things all the way along. He's been giving you, he's giving you experiences, rely on them as you're trying to figure out what you do next. What did I enjoy? What didn't I enjoy? He will, he will lead you forward. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust mm-hmm. in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. That's a promise for us. So we need to be listening to God, studying his word. And as you said, be willing to step out and do what you believe he's kind of nudging you saying or saying go and do. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading a little excerpt from Jen Hatmaker's, one of her books yesterday uh, on one of my podcast episodes. And she was kind of speaking to women and saying, Hey, like you, you know, this is kind of, she was giving some examples about Jesus. And then she was saying, listen, ladies, you don't have to have the perfect way you speak about your faith. You don't have to have the right exact definition. You don't have to tell Aunt Margaret exactly this or that. Like you're doing the work, you're putting it in, you're growing in your faith. Like that is what you're called to. It's not to have the perfect answer. You're not a seminary professor, right? You just keep learning. You keep growing. You do your best to keep understanding and get around people that know even more than you or have, you know, understanding maybe more than you do in something. But that's what we're asked to do. It's not to be perfectly polished with everything we say, right? And I think sometimes that holds us back. You know, I have a girlfriend that wants to write a devotional for the industry she's in. And I think one day she'll do it, you know, but I do wonder, is it a time issue or is it a, I'm not sure if I can, like, you know, has she not gotten up the courage yet, right? But so many of us get stuck there, you know, and we have this call and then we keep putting it off. I think that's the other thing I'd say is, you know, we shouldn't keep waiting. Like you, even if you have a full-time job and you feel called to write this book or start a podcast or do anything, maybe it's just to be a volunteer in something you haven't done. Just start. You don't have to quit your job to go start the other thing. You can write in the evening or first thing in the morning or on your lunch break, whatever it is. Maybe you've wanted to, you know, someone in the audience, they've wanted to speak. You know, maybe they've wanted to speak at their church to a women's group, you know, uh, the mops group. Whatever it is, like, just try. Like you said, what's the worst that can happen? You'll just get better. Or your preparation will make you actually, you know, more prepared for the next time. That's right. And we can do it while we are still afraid. Yeah. Because there are things to be afraid of, like a bear chasing you. Okay, that's something to be afraid of. Right. And then there are things to be afraid of, like stepping out and speaking if you haven't done it before applying for um, putting your proposal forward for a big speaking event. Those are things that can make us afraid. And yet we do them anyway, when we know that God is in it, when he's nudging us, he will make it clear if we're stepping out of line. Hmm. Yeah. I want to jump to something else in a minute, but I do want to add to that, which is 
I was just reading a quote and I've seen it before, but the first part of it says basically like, if God is in it, he'll give you confirmation, you know, not before, but after, right? Once you take the action, you know, you'll, you'll start getting that confirmation that you are in fact going on the path that he's calling you to. So I thought, you know, I think that's really going to, it really goes with what you just said there. Yes. In Bible school, um, there was in one of our classes, we had every test, we had a test every week and on every test, there were three blank lines in the top right corner and we had to fill them in every week. And the three words were obedience precedes revelation. Like we aren't going to see the whole picture. Take the next step and he will show you the next step. Don't wait to have all your ducks in a row. Just step out in obedience to what he has told you to do like you did, like sending in the proposal. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. So the last kind of chunk that I want to talk about today is you and I both really just love, um, you know, kind of reminding people the beauty and the blessings in everyday life in the relationships. Right. And so let's maybe talk a couple minutes about how can we see God or more of God in our everyday living? Oh, I love, I love talking about this. I think what it requires us to do is notice. We need to we need to start watching for it. It is easy for us to go on autopilot mm-hmm. and to start just going through the routine the routine. But even when we think back to Moses when he was looking at when he saw the burning bush or the bush that never went out, it was on fire, it says in the Bible that he stopped and turned. Mm-hmm. He had to look a different direction and he noticed it. He was just doing his job, taking care of sheep, probably standing in sheep doo-doo. He was just, he was just <laughs> doing his job. And yet God was saying, here I am. It's an invitation to you. Notice. We, we have to start seeing things. You know, there's this wonderful poem by Elizabeth Barrett Browning that I keep close to me all the time. And she says, earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. Mm-hmm. She's again telling us to notice. Um, right. Just a quick story here. When I was interviewing people in, in the corporate world, that was what I did full time. I would sometimes interview 10, 12, 15 people a day. Mm-hmm. Well, in one of my jobs, one morning I was interviewing a young candidate and I was asking him all the questions. And then I woke up. Like I had fallen asleep during my interview with him, but I had kept talking. And I remember when I woke up, I just kept thinking, don't think, just, just keep talking. Right. But I, I missed, I missed part of that. Anyway, somewhere between, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And so tell me about a time when I fell asleep, probably just moments, but I missed that. Um, a few years ago, I had, um, a day when I completely lost a day, I had what they call global transient amnesia. I completely lost a day, spent a night in the hospital to try and make sure I wasn't having a stroke, but I missed that day. But those two episodes remind me on a physical level, a mental level, I cannot afford to miss a day, but it will, we will only notice it if we, we will only see it if we notice it. You know, Psalm 118, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God didn't say, I'm going to give you this day. This is just kind of placeholder because better things coming up tomorrow. No, this is the day where we see him. This is the day. And we start noticing the smiles, the giggles, the colors, the rainbows, the promises. 100%. I talk about this so often. And Mm -hmm. just a couple of examples that are, um, 
you know, even on a walk, I'll just, I mean, I'll listen to podcasts or music sometimes, but sometimes I have to turn it off, right? Just so that I can try to hear from God so that I can notice even more, you know, the wind blowing, the birds singing, look at all the purple flowers I've passed on my walk, right? So I call those, not that specifically, but creative detours. But, you know, and I see all the time, Mm -hmm. God is the most, he is the creator. He created everything and look how much uniqueness and all the magical things. I mean, imagine the most creative human, you know, you know, and then it's magnified so many times, right. That God has put into the world. I and mean, every day I'm like, I've never seen that butterfly before. I've never, like you said, we have to pay attention and we have to slow down enough to pay it, to be able to see. But like you said, it's not just in nature, which it is there. And it's easy to see it there, the creativity and the gifts, but it's in people and you know, sometimes if I stop and I talk to somebody that's, you know, asking for money on the corner and I'll say, oh, here's a gift card for food or here's, you know, whatever. And I'll ask them their name and I'll say, you know, what's going on. And they'll, and he'll say, oh, you know, even if you, and I say, oh, I don't not, I don't have money for you, but I'll give you a gift card. And he'll say, he said, I'm just happy that you smiled at me. What, why was that? Is because most people, and I'm not saying every time I stop because sometimes it doesn't happen. It's because I noticed him. I yes. paid attention. It was a human moment, right? A connection. And in other words, but if I just went about my day or I ignored him, whether I was going to give him money or not, is not really the point. He, you know, the fact that you even go and spoke to him, you know, what's going on with you? You know, how, and not, not to say I can always help, you know, I don't just, you know, put, I'm not going to take them and go, they're going to go in my car, but I'm saying I can find out what's going on. I can, you know, send them their name or, you know, whatever. And so, this is what we're talking about is we have to slow down and we have to be willing to not only pay attention, but then take it in or connect with the person, you know, or that moment, I think. I agree. We have to notice. I remember in a communication class long time ago that the uh, professor told us when you are talking with someone, you look in their eyes and when you walk away, you better remember the color of their eyes. Mm-hmm. So you're really seeing them. Right. You're seeing them in all their messiness their celebration, all the junk they're bringing with them and all the hopes and dreams they have. We see them um, because we notice we're taking the time. Absolutely. And, you know, two two real quick things there. One is, I think it's Shanti Feldhan. She's written several books. I have one of her devotional books. And in there, she's telling a story about, I think her husband had lost his job. And I don't remember what she was doing at that time, or maybe she, she wasn't writing yet or something. But they were, or maybe she was going to speak somewhere. They were driving through, I want to say it was Colorado, but somewhere through the mountains. And as they turned a corner, right, the, the kind of the road opened up and they saw these beautiful mountains and the sun. And they sort of had one of those um, awe-inspiring moments, right? Like kind of like God's creation. And she said, up until that moment, they had been worrying about their future and the money and because he had lost his job. And she's like, but in that moment, he just, she just like knew everything is going to be okay. And she, she has this um, statement and I'm not going to remember exactly today, but something like you cannot be in awe and anxious or in despair at the same time. Mm-hmm. So when we notice, right, God's work, when we notice God in the world through people, you, you can't stay in your place of anxiety or worry or whatever in that moment, at least, right? Because you see there's something more that he's at work in the world. And I think that's, you know, that's so important to remember. You know, that sometimes we need, we need those moments in order to get out of those other places. Yes. And we have to, it's because we notice. And I think what I hear you saying, and I agree with is 
um, even going back to the stories about your two sons, the mm-hmm. depression and the car accident just this morning, hard times are going to come. Yeah. And whether it's Alzheimer's or the, the, the depression, really tough times. And we can't, um, we can't just chase them away by thinking positively because those are really tough times. Mm-hmm. And yet we can train ourselves, I do believe, to find one hope-filled moment in that day, whether it's a smile or, okay, we survived another day or mom ate today, you know, or whatever it is, or you, your son called, all those things, we can find that one moment that will give us that hope to just, to just keep going. We can, but we have to notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and just something I'll say about that one episode, I'm probably going to do coming up soon. I was actually going to already report and have it, but you know, it's something going to, it's going to be something about the most important thing I might've done today is make peanut butter toast. But it's because almost every day, my 20-something son, I'm making a sandwich for peanut butter toast. It's not because he's not capable, but he would end up not eating or he would only eat chips. I have to remind myself, it's not because he's not capable. It's because I'm just trying to make sure he's getting food. I'm trying to help get him better. But I have to remind myself, that's just me being of service. Not that he can't do it himself, right? But, But it's that thing where... Or my relationship with him and even other things, that might be the most important thing I do. Amen. Absolutely. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So any last things that you want to share with us as we, you know, just to lift people up or encourage them before we wrap up today? I would say, I would encourage you to keep noticing Mm -hmm. and I would encourage listeners to start celebrating, look for the things to celebrate. I walked out of the grocery store the other day and I walked right past a gentleman who's wearing, who was a middle-aged gentleman wearing a brown shirt with big white letters on the front that said, I pooped. And I thought, <laughs> really? Like what, what possessed a man to, to go and buy a t-shirt and then wear it in public that says I pooped, but he was celebrating. And I thought right. we've got to get back into celebrating the, yeah. the little things. Right. Um, so celebrate, notice, celebrate. <laughs> and if you don't like the way your story is going, change your story. Yeah. Make one change that will get you on a different trajectory mm-hmm. that will help you take the next step. And probably most important thing to remember is God is faithful. Mm-hmm. He always shows up. Make sure you're talking with him and staying in his word because that's where you'll get to know him. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh my gosh. All right. So Gay, tell us how can people connect with you online and check out your books and everything else you have going on. Thank you. Something that I think um, your listeners might really benefit from is a free short ebook that I have on my website and it's called finding a breath of fresh air and a way to start again Mm -hmm. and for any of you who are listening who are just looking for a little hope or a reason to keep going or how do I do this go to my website which is gaylindfors.com and you'll see a you'll see a pop-up there that'll give you access to that free little download of a, a free book so my website, gaylindfors.com. On Facebook, you can find me at gaylindfors author. And on Instagram, I'm at gaylindfors. So, and I'd love to connect with people. I send out a weekly note of encouragement. It's usually faith. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's it's more um, reflective. But I'd love for them to get that weekly note of encouragement. And they can find that on my website, how to get that. Mm. Well, Gay, thank you so much for being with us today to sh- with sharing your 
heart and your you know love of God and just encouraging us to keep, you know, just growing in our faith journey and just to keep, like you said, and I say it that too, like noticing, noticing what's around us, everything that God has put forth for us. And so thank you for everything you're doing in the world to lift up and encourage people. I love it. And I can't wait to connect with you again sometime. My pleasure, Kristen. Thank you for all that you do. This has been fun. Thank you. I'm so glad that Gay came on and joined us today and shared her beautiful perspective on life and going through hard seasons and just noticing the world around us. That's where we find God. It's in the beauty of this world and the people around us. It's just everywhere. I just want to share this quote with you uh, to wrap up today. It's by Brennan Manning uh, from The Furious Longing of God. And he says, I've decided if I had to had my life to live over again, I would not only climb more mountains, swim more rivers, and watch more sunsets. I would not only go barefoot earlier in spring and stay out later in the fall, but I would devote not one more minute to monitoring my spiritual growth. What I would actually do if I had to do it all over again, I would simply do the next thing in love. And I think that's what God's really calling us to. How do we show up and be the love that he brings forth in the world? How do we do that? And how do we just keep stepping into what he's calling us to, what he's put on our hearts? So I hope that you find in your hard seasons, in your everyday moments, I hope you find the beauty of others, the beauty that God has created and put within us. And I hope that you'll be that extension of love in the world as well. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Killed Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people to spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.